0: thank you morning. As we realize and we understand the power of the name of Jesus in our lives, the power of the name of Jesus in our hearts, the power of the name of Jesus for every person that's struggling out there, for every person that has a real need in their lives, We want to speak the name of Jesus Because in the name of Jesus There is hope There is healing And we just want to thank you Lord for that We pray that your word Will do the work That needs to be done in our hearts this morning That we will be people that Are open and willing To listen to you But not just to listen But to do as you say we just want to speak the name of Jesus, the name of hope and love. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. What an amazing time of worship. If you are here for the first time with us, we just want to let you know that uh, we want to take, take the time to uh, say thank you for worshiping with us this morning. And um, God is, uh, we worship an amazing God. And we want you to know that we are here. Helping people experience, it, experience the hope found in the life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you experience the hope that is found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. So experience the hope. We, that's what we, we, uh, we pray that you, will, uh, that you will do today. So if, if you are discouraged or if you are dealing with any difficulties, experiencing adversities in your life, we pray that today you will experience the hope found in Jesus. Uh, last week, it was Vision Sunday, and uh, let me tell you, the, the first thing about last week, I was sharing with uh, our prayer group this morning, uh, before, before service we usually get together in my office and pray, and I said, last week I had two pairs of glasses. One pair of glasses is for me to see from far, and the other ones for me when I'm preaching. And I got the wrong pair of glasses last week, right? So when I'm standing over here and ready to go on vision Sunday, I'm like, oh, I can't see nothing. So I'm glad that Tracy told me we couldn't tell. I'm like, she, she is full of love. That's all. Uh, you know, I, I think you guys can tell that I was nervous in the beginning. I, can see, I, can, I couldn't see my notes. Uh, but this morning I can see my notes. I just can't see you that good. So you can make bad faces. You can do all these things. I won't be able to see it. So it's okay. So last week on Vision Sunday, we were talking about some of the many great things that God is doing in our church. And for months, we've been announcing uh, that our church is a church in transition. Uh, and after Vision Sunday, uh, there were a couple of questions that, um, you know, I just want to uh, address those questions before we get into the message this morning. Uh, one of the questions... Uh, Uh, that some of the people uh, were asking is, uh, you know, are 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 we one of those churches because we we talk about, you know, you show us a hundred oranges there, and then we talk about reaching in Norwalk half of that orange and then the orange, and half of that orange is 500 people, and that orange is a thousand people. Are are we going to be one of those churches who are just going to be, you know, bringing people, bringing people? Yes, we are. That's what we exist for. We exist... Talk to people about Jesus. We exist to give people hope. We exist to bring people to the feet of Jesus so they can be transformed. So they can have a transformed life. So they can have a a life, a better life. So yes, we are going to do that. But we're not going to fit in here a thousand people in ten years. You know, we I mean, right now, if we're close to 90 people, this is what it looks like. If we were 150, we would be kind of tied. So no, the, what we're doing, and I explained that last week, but because I didn't have my glasses, maybe that's the power, you know, the, the, it, it's in the glasses. Uh, I, I explained that every time we get to 300 people, we're going to get ready to launch the next church plan. When we get to 300 people, our vision is to be able to pray for God to give us a leader who will go out of this church with at least 50 people. If we have more than that, then we'll send them all out there to plant the next church. And our desire is to reach that orange. But it's not all going to be here. It's going to be in different places around this city, in other cities. Maybe we'll, do, uh, maybe we'll get to Downey. Maybe we'll get to San Diego. Maybe we'll get to who knows where. But we're just going to plant churches. That's what we're going to do. So don't be afraid that we're going to, you know, we're, are we going to be, how are we going to feed a thousand people here? And, and don't worry. Yeah, is the building going to get dirty? Yeah. That way we can clean it. You know, we can just clean it. That's not a problem. Uh, I'm already praying for the Lord uh, that the Lord will send us men who will come and help us here, so that way we can strengthen this church, so that we, when this church is strengthened, and that we can get them out there ready to go to other cities and share the gospel in other cities, but we'll send them together with teams of people. And we will ask people, please, I mean, you know how churches are always like, no, no, come here, come here. And at that point, we'll be telling you, go, go, Right? So it's t- totally the contrary of what people want to do today. So uh, the the other question uh, that uh, some people were asking is, are we still going to be a Grace Brethren Church? As a matter of fact, we will always be a Grace Brethren Church. In our name, our official legal name is Grace Brethren Church of Norwalk. It will always be in the legal name. We're going to be doing a DVA. I don't know if you're familiar with the DVA. A DVA is doing business as Hope City Church. So Grace Brethren Church, it's always going to be the legal name of our church. But we are going to be, to the community, we are going to be Hope City Church. This is the church in our city who is bringing hope to the people in the city. So we will be Hope City Church but we will always be a Grace Brethren church. So a lot, a lot, some of the people were having a little bit of a hard time with name changing. And, and then I said, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, I might as well just uh, explain everybody this. Uh, let me, let me, let me go to the next slide, uh, David. In the next slide, I'm going to show you where our association of churches. We're not a denomination for you, uh, in case you didn't know that. But our association was called the Fellowship of Grace Brethren Churches. Uh, a few years ago, we switched, and now we are the Caris Keris Fellowship. Which the word Caris, uh, actually, that's your homework. Go go find out what it is. You know, uh, but you you you're gonna like it. It's easy. Just go Google it. Just Google it, and that's it, right? But Caris Fellowship stands for True Relationships and Missions. So Caris Fellowship is who we are today. This is just ha- this just happened about four years ago. Do you remember Tim? Four or five years ago, maybe. Yeah. So, but that's, it's a change on how people perceive you. How do we want to be perceived? We're not changing our doctrine. We're not changing our association. We're only changing how people from the outside perceive our church. And another example on that is, uh, for example, our GVIF. As a matter of fact, we have a loan pending with them. If you ever want to donate a million dollars to pay off this loan, we'll, we'll be more than glad and we'll, we'll take it. send it to them, of course. Uh, So it's Grace Brethren Investment Foundation. That's who... uh, This is a a foundation. This is an investment foundation that belongs to our association. They just changed last year to Grace Financial. So it's also a different logo, different name. And uh, for example, we're working with Assist Church Expansion. Who was Assist Church... I mean, we, before missions... um, you know, internal, in-the-country missions, it was, uh, let's go to the next one, David, please. Uh, it's, it was GVNAM. Who, who remembers GVNAM? Some of you remember GVNAM. Some of you still remember G- Grace Brethren North American Missions. I used to work for them because it was, you know, that organization was planting churches within the United States. So GVNAM then later on was closed and then it was replaced by Go To. Church Planting Ministries. I was also hired with them, and uh, and then I left. Go to Church Planting Ministries, and when I was away for about seven years, uh, then Assist Church Expansion is the one uh, organization within our fellowship. But you see how name changes happen, and it happens with different purpose for different reasons. And the reason, and the reason that it happens a lot of times is because we want to make sure that we are, you know, how are we perceived? What are people thinking about our church? We want people to know that this is a safe place. When they see the word brethren in our sign at this in this day and age, when they see the word brethren, I've been asked, "Are you guys the Quakers?" That, I was asked that question on Thursday at a pastor's meeting. And if pastors don't know what a Grace Brethren Church is, much less people who, who are not church goers, right? They, don't, they have no idea. You know, so, so we, um, um, we, we, we wrestle with names. And our very own Pastor Roy, let's go to the next one. He is in, he's been in North Carolina, and in North Carolina he posted these things on Facebook. Did you guys see this post from Pastor Roy? If you guys didn't see it, he on top of he, his uh, post, he put, you don't want to be baptized in this church. You know why? Because it's called the Drowning Creek Baptist Church. Whew. I mean, talking about church names, right? We pray and struggle. But then... Another pastor, from uh, one of the pastors from Focus on the Family, you know, it, it, it's a friend of mine, and he said, you know, I, I was in Arkansas, and they told me, have you ever go to Flippin' Arkansas? And, and, and he said, no, no, but the first time he went to Flippin' Arkansas, this is the very first thing he saw. The very first church he saw is called the Flippin' Church of, of God. I don't know about you... I don't know about you, but I'm glad we are what? What is our name? Hope City Church. I don't want to be the creek. Dr, dr, what is it? Drowning Creek Church. I don't want to be the flipping church. Where are you going? Where do you go to church? To the flipping one. No, we go to Hope City. We go to Hope City. So I'm glad. I'm glad we go to Hope City, where people can experience the hope found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's what we want. We want people to understand this is a place where you can find the life, a life-changing relationship with Jesus. And to be a church that pleases God, our heart has to be aligned with the heart of God. So we have strived to bring and spread the hope of Jesus to our neighbors, to our families, to our children, youth, young adults in our community and surrounding areas. How, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? Hope City Church is going to live up to the values God has given us and you have those five values in your bulletin, you have it in your insert, you, we got to live up to the values God has given us after a lot of time of prayer so others can see those values in our church and our members uh, can, can live up those values and a lifestyle that will be attractive to other people in our, in our, in our city. Something similar to what happened uh, to the church in, uh, in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the church what's living up to those values Uh, I I want you to see how these Christians in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 uh, we're living life according to those things that they value if they value those things they were living according to that so Acts chapter 2 verse 42 it says that do we have it over there on the screen it says that all believers uh, we don't have that one in the screen huh Uh, let's go one more David let's go there we go it says that all the believers uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So, if you notice, teaching was one of the values of this church and to the fellowship. And so, they were, uh, and to the sharing, and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. So if you notice, just in that verse right there, verse 42, you have three things that they value. They value the teaching. They value the fellowship together. They value praying together for one another. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostle performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worship together at the temple each day, meet in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. I want you to see, before we read that last part, in that, in that verse, in verse forty-seven, I want you to see that they value teaching, they value fellowship, they value prayer, they value meeting together, they value sharing things with one another, they value worshiping together, and, and they value meeting in homes, which is one of our is one of the things in our vision. Our vision is to have uh, home groups, uh, which is going to be is going to be called connect groups. We're going to be connecting people in different groups at homes, and we are gonna, we are. Praying for leaders who are going to be taking that responsibility because we also value meeting at homes uh, for the Lord's Supper, and they were sharing, uh, they were sharing, it, it, it was a very loving church. So, uh, as a result of that love. The people in the community, in the Jerusalem community, the people will see what's going on. And to them it was, this is weird. Why are these people selling their properties and bringing the money and making sure that everybody within the church was taken care of? That everybody had, you know, what they needed. At that moment, it was like, it was a surprising thing for people. These Christians are going crazy, they're selling stuff, and, and, and they're just helping one another, and they were, but as a result of that lifestyle, as a result of them living according to their values, if you notice what it says in the last verse, it says that in in each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So as a result of that, people were seeing uh, the testimony of these believers and how they love one another, how they share things with one another. To the point that they said, "You know what? I want this Jesus these people has." They were living according to their values. They were living according to the values, and as a result of their lifestyle, each day they were adding to their fellowship. People were coming and being, you know, giving their lives to the Lord. What, what is a value? What are values? A value statement is a brief declaration that describes a church, a church's priority. So our values, when you see our five values on that paper you have in there, or, or, or even the bulletin you have in your hands, when you see the five values, it's a declaration that describes what is our priority in this church. And our priority number one in this church, what, what, what does it say there? It says love. It says love. So there is a priority. Number one is love. Values are important because they provide guidance. They provide guidance on what and why the actions should be taken. We should take these actions because these are our values. Values are important in the church because they tell people of what we believe and what we really believe value. Values define the lifestyle of a church. The church in in the book of Acts, you know, for example, the church and and, and the book of Acts, they were acting. So, it it, it defines our lifestyle, our actions, our lives. Uh, You know, we live this way because we believe this way, because we value these things. So, in Hope City Church, uh, our first, uh, you know, our values is love, we love God and love people. We reach people intentionally. So we purposely get relationships going on. We will be encouraging you every Sunday. If you, go to, if you go to the class on Friday where Ron is teaching, Ron is going to be encouraging you to love people. Ron is going to be encouraging you to reach people. Ron is going to be encouraging you by teaching the Word. Ron is going to be encouraging you to serve and to be able to send and and vet is gonna do the same thing. Tim is gonna do the same thing. Janine is gonna do the same thing. The kids are gonna be doing the same thing. Everybody is gonna be encouraging people because this is gonna be our lifestyle. We're gonna be loving people, we're gonna be reaching people, we're gonna be teaching people, we're gonna be serving people, and we're gonna be sending people when it's the moment to send them out there too. Not just permanent missions, but we're also wanna send people in short term missions. What are we gonna be doing this for? Because it's this, this, when you put it all together, it comes out of two main verses in the Bible. The two main verses in the Bible this comes out of is what we know as the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The Great Commandment and the Great Commission. This is where all these values come out of. And as you see here, the Great Commandment, for example, when, when we look at the Great Commandment, the Great Commandment is to love God and love people. Jesus said when he was asked he was asked by this guy you know lord what is the main thing we should do what is the what what is the, the greatest of all these commands remember that the pharisees have instead of just going with the 10 commandments the pharisees has gone have gone up to about 633 commands and the commandments that they were doing it was 633 nobody could nobody could ever do that So they asked Jesus, what is the most important one of them? And he said, it's very simple. Love the Lord your God. How did he say it? He said it, love the Lord your God. You must love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love the Lord your God. And a lot of people say, you know, Pastor, it's easy to love God. It's hard to love people I don't like. Because a lot of times we don't like some people it doesn't mean you can or shouldn't love them. Not to like somebody doesn't mean you cannot love them. You, you, you got still got to love them. Because love, love is done by actions, not by feelings. We have to act in love even if we don't like somebody. So, when Jesus answered this question, we understand that our value, our first value, our first way of living life in this church got to be love. Remember what Paul said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? If you don't love, it doesn't matter what you do. You can sacrifice. You can give it all you got. You can burn yourself alive if you want. But if you do that with no love, it's worthless. So love is value number one. So when we see people in the community, when we see people visiting our church, the one thing that I will encourage you to do is love people. You know, And we'll get to that in a minute, a little bit more on that. Love people. So the other four come out of the Great Commandment, the Great Commission. So this is the Great Commandment. Let's go to the next one. The Great Commission is reach. So Jesus said, Let's see, hold on. No, Jesus said, let them come to church. Did Jesus say, what did He say? He said, Jesus said, go. Well, let's see. There, there, there's a saying that it, it became very popular years ago. That is, you build it and they will come. Is that true? No, it's not true. Jesus said, go get them. Go and be fishers of men. So our second value is, after we love God and we love people, and by the way, there's no way you can love God and say, I don't love people. There's no way you can do that. Because your love for God is going to reflect in the way you act with people. And then he said, if you love people, if you love God, you will keep His commandments. And if you love people, you will reach people because you know you have the solution in your hands, the Word of God. You have the solution. is Jesus Christ for whatever is going on in the world right now. So we will reach people. It comes out of the, 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 the Great Commission. We will teach people, teach them transformationally. We will serve people. We will serve one another because Jesus says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And serving is one of the commands. And then we will also be sending just the way I send you. He said, we ought to send others to, to keep on going with the Great Commission. We need to be a church that loves the reaches, the teaches, the serves other people. It's about serving others, not about serving myself. And it's about sending others because I'm not about to build my kingdom. I'm about to build God's kingdom. You know, there are churches that I just don't understand. There are churches that have fifty thousand people. I'm like, where do you feed all these people? I mean, great if God is using you that way, but uh, I mean, it's not me. I want to build God's kingdom. I want to plant churches. I want us to go out there and and begin just reaching other other people for God. And, And as a matter of fact, when it says right here... It says right here, uh, Jesus came out and, and told His disciples, I have been giving you all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. And, and when it says right there, all nations, it doesn't mean to all countries. A lot of times when we hear the word nations, we think, oh, we got to go to different countries. No, all nations means all people's groups. And just just in one country... For example, in Mexico, you can find, just in Mexico, over 300 people's groups. So can you imagine how many people's groups we have here, which have, we have much more diversity in the United States? Every people's group is a nation that we out to reach. We're not supposed to be limited to. We're supposed to be a multicultural... Well, as a matter of fact, when we sing in heaven, when we're singing in heaven, when we're praising God in heaven, can you imagine what's going to happen? Everybody's going to be singing in different languages. Everybody, people from all nations, people from all tribes. And, and I mean, and, and we can be part of that. We can be part of people praising God in that way because we can be part of doing this, reaching people, teaching people, serving people, and sending people. And that is what God is calling us to do. So, what is our first value? What's our first value? Love. love. We're going to learn in this month, okay? We're going to learn in this month. Our first value is love because Jesus first loved us. We compassionately love others. We compassionately love others. And I want you to, I want you to watch this video for a minute. I want, you to, I want you to think. And while you're watching this video that's going to play right now, um, I just want you to meditate in what you what you see and what you hear.
1: What if we were known more for what we love instead of what we hate? Would that make a difference? What if we spent more time loving people and less time being angry with them? Would that make a difference? What if we gave unconditionally of our time, our talent, our treasures? Would that make a difference? What if we shared the difference Jesus has made in our lives and stopped pushing away those who aren't there yet? Would that make a difference? What if we walked in the steps of our Savior, sitting with the broken, caring for the poor, loving the lost? Would that make a difference? We live in the midst of ruins, surrounded by brokenness, pain, and loss. It's a moment made for us. A calling we were created to answer, not with judgment, not with harsh words or self-righteousness, but with love, the love of Jesus. What if the church acted like the church? Would that make a difference?
0: Thirsting for love. And a lot of times, some of those people, we pass them by last week. We pass them by today. And we will pass them by next week. Would that make a difference? Love. Why love? Love because it's the greatest, it's it's the great commandment. Love God. Love people. Uh, Let let me tell you something. You know, it's, With God, it's all about relationships. It's about my relationship with God. It's about my relationship with other people. That's why Jesus, when He was asked that question in Matthew 22, He said, said, you know, the greatest commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your soul, but love your neighbor as yourself. Because there's no way you can love God and not love people. The most important thing, It's loving God and loving people. Relationships. God is all about relationships. You know, a lot of times people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you really care. Because caring is an expression of love. When you love God and you love people, you're set. You are set. That fulfills the lot, Jesus said. That fulfills the whole lot. And if you love God, you must love people. It's not an option. It should be a natural reaction or a natural action, you know, that we love people as a result of our relationship with God. And a lot of times we might say, Oh no, we, we do, we love people, but we don't act like it. You know, I love God, I just don't like people. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, If someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow believers, and you don't have to say you hate somebody, but a lot of times we act like we do. And when it's about love, it's about love because whoever hates a believer, a fellow believer, that person is a liar. So we have to love because it's a great commandment. And if we don't love, we will be lying to ourselves. And if we don't love people, we can also, we, we cannot say we love God who we don't see if we don't love people that we see. In verse 7 of the cha- same chapter, 1 John chapter 4 verse 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves, who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who doesn't love does not know God. For God is what? God is love. So we ought to love people. That's our first priority. That's our first value. So that's why love. Why love? Because God also poured His love into us. If God poured His love into us, It's not for us to keep it all. It's for us to share. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says that, And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Why doesn't hope put us to shame? Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I want you to pay attention to this. Because when the Apostle Paul writes to the Roman church, and he tells them because of God's love has been poured into our hearts, the word that he used for pour out is the word exhale. And the word exhale, it means to spill. So basically what Paul is saying is God's love has been poured into your heart. This cup is your heart. God's love has been poured into your cup, which is your heart, and it's been, it's spilling. It's spilling all over the place. God's love is spilling is all over the place in your heart, so that way you can share some of that extra love God is giving you. you can share it with other people. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling the church in Rome. The church in Rome understood, so we have to be like a p- cup of coffee, and we have to share with other people. I know some of you don't like to, non- don't even look at your cup of coffee, right? God has spilled His love into your life so that you will never run out of love so you can share that love with other people why love? because when you love you have the assurance that you belong to Jesus we want to have the assurance that we belong to Jesus John chapter 13 verse 34 and 36 it says that so now I'm giving you Jesus said I'm giving you a new commandment love each other just as I have loved you. So we are supposed to love people, love our community, love our neighbors, love one another here in the church, just as He had loved us. You should love each other. You, lo- Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So my prayer is that when people pass by this church, if they ever visit this church, they will look at our church and say that's the place where there's a weird group of people those weird people they're very loving they don't even leave you alone they want to shake your hand they want to know if you have a prayer request they love you real love unconditional love it's not a natural it's not a natural thing in a human being it's not, it doesn't come just like that. No, we have to be believers. And to be believe, when you are a believer and you receive, He's pouring His love into you, then you can share that love with one another and then the world will see, oh, there is something different in these people. Why love? Because only when you love, you can be compassionate like Jesus. To be compassionate, genuine compassion begins with empathy. And what is empathy? What's this about empathy and compassion, Pastor? Well, let me tell you. Empathy is our feeling of awareness towards other people's emotions and an attempt to understand how they feel. So you cannot have compassion without empathy. When you have empathy, what what you do is, you understand. You're trying to put yourself, you're trying to put your heart, you're trying to put your mind, you're trying to put your feelings and your emotions, trying to understand what are people going through. are we supposed to do that? Because without empathy, we cannot be moved to compassion. What is compassion? What is compassion? Compassion is an emotional response to empathy or sympathy, And He creates a desire to help. So first you you, you experience empathy. You try to understand what people are going through in, in your neighborhood, in your community. You're trying to understand what people are going through when they come to church. You know, we all come to church because we're broken people. I'm sorry to give you bad news this morning. I'm broken. I'm broken. There are moments that I go through depression. Did you know that? Oh, Pastor, that's a sin. No, it's not. It's what we experience sometimes when we have a lot of times PTSD. We go a lot of times through different situations in life. Sometimes we might feel lonely. Sometimes we might feel sad. Sometimes we might feel discouraged. We go through different situations. We experience different things. And a lot of times, other people don't have empathy, so they don't, they don't try to put themselves in your place to understand what are you really going through. What is this like for you? And when we learn to have empathy, we learn to understand people. We try to our best to understand people. Why? Because we're supposed to love them. When you love people, you try to have empathy. So empathy will move you to compassion. And compassion is when you take action in the empathy, understanding what a person is going through. That's what Jesus did. When Jesus, in Matthew 9, chapter, 30, uh, chapter nine verse 36, He says, he, When He saw the crowds, He saw all the people, and, and they were in huge needs in Jerusalem, and He had compassion on them. He understood their situation first. And he was moved to compassion. He had compassion on them because they were what? They were confused and helpless. Now let me ask you a simple question. A lot of times we worry about nonsense stuff in life. Do you believe we are living times more than ever where people are confused and helpless? There's so much confusion right now. Now, A lot of of our younger people, they're experimenting stuff that is like, oh my Lord, are they experimenting this stuff? Yeah. They're confused. And a lot of times, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Instead of saying, how can we love them? Because love conquers all. A lot of times we become judges and not lovers. We should love people. We should love people because God first loved us and God loved me. You don't want to know details of my life. Let me tell you that.
1: And God loved me.
0: I'm supposed to love people. I'm supposed to love people. There's a lot of stories I don't tell people when I was in the army. Because I'm ashamed of it. But I know God forgave me. But God forgave me. And God forgave me and gave me His message to a person who showed me love. You know, and I I always talk about her because she was my Sunday school teacher. And when I came to know the Lord and when I became a pastor, the first thing I did when I went back home, I went to look for my Sunday school teacher. She didn't recognize me. And I said, I just want to tell you. And she's like, I don't remember you. I said, but I remember you. I remember you share with me the Word of God. And I remember one time I was here. I was a kid with no parents in my church. I would walk to church by myself. I was eight years old. And one day, I remember, I threw a tantrum in the classroom. And I even said a couple of bad words. And I walk away and I left. And the next day she was knocking on my door at my house. And she took me out for ice cream. (laughs) No wonder why I have such a weakness for ice cream, right? Hey, watch out, buddy. Watch out. See, Tim stay quiet over there. He He knows that stuff. But you know what? This lady, she showed me love. And even though I went a different way when I was a teenager, I went back. And I remember this person poured love in my heart. And I never, could never forget that. Eventually, she might have remembered me. Because I was the kid who said bad words in the classroom. And walked out, running out of the classroom. But she she was trying to understand what I was going through. She had empathy. If we want to love people, we have to have empathy. We have to we, we have to be able to understand people and have compassion, empathy, and compassion. That is why we should love. How can we show this love with compassion? How can we show love with compassion? Because Jesus first loved us, it says in our statement, because Jesus first loved us. We compassionately love others. If you are going to compassionately love others, you ought to have empathy on them first. Understand what they're going through, so then you can act with compassion. Love must be shown with actions. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, dear children, dear children, let us not love with words or speech. It's easy to say with words, Oh, I love you. Oh, I love them. It's a different thing to act in love. Act in love, but with actions. Do not love with words or speech, but actions, but with actions and in truth. Remember, God is all about relationships. Loving God and loving people, relationships. God is all about relationships. What are some of the practical actions we should take? Some of the practical actions. One of them is, let's do selfless acts. not, not selfish but selfless acts, acts of love when you act in love you avoid putting yourself first but that's not what has been that's not what people talk about today it's like no you're first and you're always first and you gotta see yourself like a number one you can do it right you can do it the bible says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 Nothing should be done because of pride. Don't be prideful. Nothing, can, nothing should be done because of pride or thinking about yourself. Think of other people as more important than yourself. When you see your kids, think about them more important than yourself and serve them. And teach your kids to see other people more important than themselves so they will see you the same way. When you see your husband, when you see your wife, see each other as more important than the other guess what's going to happen? If your wife sees you as the more, most important man, which is hard, I know. But you got to see your husband as the most important, more important than you. And you, and your husbands, you got to see your wife the same way. Can you imagine how we will be serving one another? We will be sharing that love at home to begin with. And we will be sharing that love in our community. And from home, and our community, it will come to church. You will see that happening in church. How do you do that in practice? How do you do that in actions? Speak with kindness. Also, speak with kindness. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6, it says, Let your conversation be always full of grace. Check this out. Season with salt. That is a beautiful thing. Have you noticed that there are people... A lot of times there are people that when you see them, you're like, oh, there it comes. And you try to hide from them. You try to get away. I don't even want to talk to that person. Because, some, I'm sorry, but some people are annoying to talk to. You still got to love them. Still got to love them. But some people, when you talk to them, it's like a pleasure to talk to those people. Their words and their conversation are seasoned with, like, with salt. It's, it's, it's a joyful thing. You can spend hours talking to a person because you enjoy talking to that person. It's, it, you know, but, but when you speak with kindness, that attracts people. So when you see a person in church, when you see a person in your home and, and, and you're talking to one another, talk to each other with kindness. Because when you talk to each other with kindness, that shows love. And, and let me tell you this. I haven't been in your houses but I know that at home a lot of times we talk in a different way than when we're in public real love will do that no matter where we are so sometimes we can be very harsh with the people in our home we use people in our families as a punching bag a lot of times you know they got to put up with me we're family right but when we go out, we're so nice to people. And everybody says, man, that's such a nice guy. You should see him at home, the wife says. <laughs> He's a jerk. But it is true. We've got to be people who speak with kindness. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, The words of the reckless pierce like sores. you don't use words of kindness you don't know the damage you're making in other people but if we love each other the tongue of the wise brings healing it doesn't bring piercing it brings healing if we love our words should be should be bringing healing to the life of other people that might be struggling they might need a word of encouragement another thing we should do is we should learn to listen When we love people, let's learn to listen. You know, we might have visitors sometimes, or we might have people in our families, that a lot of times they're struggling with something and they just need to share something with you. And a lot of times we're not very good at listening. But if we love, we will listen. Psalm 18.6, it says, uh, the the, the psalmist told, uh, told the Lord, In my distress I call on the Lord. And cry for help to my God. So when people are in distress, people want to talk. They want to be listened to. They want you to listen. And in their distress, if we look for God, God listens to us. And God listens to us because listening is an action of love. He heard my voice from His temple. And my cry for help came before Him to His ears. The reason God listens is because He loves me. We should listen to others. A lot of times, unfortunately, we're not listening. A lot of times we are thinking, how are we going to answer what we're hearing? And we don't pay attention. And When you don't listen, people think you might not care. But let's learn to listen so we learn to love. Don't judge other people. Make sure you create a habit in your life, not to judge other people. Jesus himself said, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. When we judge people, we're trying to put ourselves above people it's like I'm judging you because I'm better than you that's not love when we judge and we're not acting in love many times we judge people by the appearance you know God says that he doesn't judge the external but the internal he judges the heart I don't care how you look I don't even care who you vote for why am I going to judge you for those things Because a lot of times people, well, they don't vote like we vote. Or they don't look like we look. They don't talk the way we talk. They don't have the finances we have. And then we start looking at differences in people, and we start judging people because of those differences. Well, let me tell you, whether you like it or not, that's not what God says. God sees the heart. God sees the heart. And so shall we. Pharisees like to look at the external. But you know who Pharisees were? Hypocrites. Who were always judging people according to their own standards, not according to God. Let's not be that. Let's not be a Pharisee. Let's not judge other people for appearances. When you love, you're supposed to encourage others to do good things. You're supposed to be there to encourage people to do the right thing, not the wrong thing. If you encourage a person to do the wrong thing, you're not loving that person. You're not loving that person. But if you encourage them to do good things, you're loving that person. You encourage others to do good things. Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another. So when we get together here in the church, we should come together and learn to motivate one another... And to motivate one another to acts of hatred. Is that what it says? Oh, I got a different version. I got the Oscar version. It says to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. You don't know when Jesus is going to come. Pray that He will find you faithful, loving people, encouraging people, being there for people. When you live a life of love, you apologize and, or you ask for forgiveness when you make a mistake or you offend a person, you learn to ask for forgiveness and you learn to forgive. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says that uh, tell your sins to each other. Tell your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The only way you are going to get healed in your heart is when you repent and when you also forgive. If you love, you learn to repent and to forgive. It's, it goes both ways. The prayer of the heart of a man right with God has much power. When you show love with compassion, you should treat others in the same way you want to be treated. So when, people, when, you, when you meet people in the community, when you meet people in the church, when people come and visit, treat them the way you would like to be treated will show love. Matthew 7, 12 says that, do to others whatever you like to do, whatever you like them to do to you. We know these verses by heart. But do we really leave these verses in our lives? Do to others what you want others to do to you. This is the essence of all that is, uh, you know, that is taught in the law and the prophets. Every but he needs love. Isn't that what the Beatles used to sing? All you need is I can say just that park. Okay? Don't go, don't, don't, don't go off now singing the whole song. But the Beatles used to, you know, and it was true, all you need is love. But the love from God. Love you can share with others. This is hope. This is Hope City Church. This is hope. Hope City Church is a church that loves unconditionally. Because Jesus first loved us, we compassionately love others. Love everyone. I'll finish with this. Love everyone. So when you when you come to church, don't go straight only to people you know and that you like. Because if you go and show love on people you like, you're just like one of those... You know, people who don't care. I'm not saying that. I'm going to read it to you. Because if not, you're going to get on my case for that, right? Luke chapter 6. If you love those who love you... Oh no, it's because that's, that's, that's my crew right there. You see that? I like those people. Because I like those people. I'll get along with them. And so you go there, and, and there comes a visitor who came with a big need, who came with, the, with, with, with a lot of... Maybe they're going through adversity. Maybe they're going through a hard time. And they're going to walk by, and you're having such a good time with, the, with, with your friends that you're not loving on other people. No, no. It says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners... Love those who love them. It's easy to love those who love you. Isn't it? It is. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? You know the answer. It's none. There's no, nothing. Because even sinners do that. Love other people. Love everybody. Especially love those that you know, that you don't even know. Love them. Because you can, you're can. you loving them because you know you cannot get anything back from them. That is real love. The single most important lesson that you must learn in life is this. How to love like Jesus. Learning to love like God loves you. The whole reason God put you on this planet is not to make money, even though sometimes we think that. It's not to retire, not just to have a lot of fun and die. That's not why God put you on this earth. God put you here on this planet to learn how to love. And if you don't do that, you miss the point of life. If you don't love, you miss the point of life. He put you here to learn how to love God and how to love others. This is hope. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the hope for the hope that we can share with people. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to help people experience the hope found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Father, we, we pray and we ask you to help us. Help us understand. And help us act in love. Help us have empathy. And act in love with others. We pray, Lord, that our hearts that are being poured with your love will also share that love that is being poured into our hearts with others, with the people at home, with people in our community, and even more with people that come to our church. We pray, Lord, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.